0: Welcome back to the Creative Club Podcast. You're here with John Marsh. I hope you had a great weekend and start to the week. If you're a coach or creative business owner on the show, we teach you the key skills to attract dream clients into your business, fall in love with your sales process and grow your business with confidence. All right, on this episode, we've got a really cool conversation with Jess Romano. Jess is the creator of Ghostlow Studio, which is a Pilates and mobility studio in Perth, Western Australia. And I've been really looking forward to this conversation with Jess for a long time. She's building something very unique and very special with Ghostlow Slow Studio. Uh, basically, she's creating an entire world around the Ghostlow ethos and is really carving her own path in I guess, the sort of Pilates culture. Uh, And so we talk all about that, how she found the courage to kind of go her own way and really build something that she's incredibly proud of and stayed true to that uh, the whole time throughout the growth of the business. And then the other thing that's really cool is Jess is uh, a visionary as well. So she's built this thriving business in Perth but we also talk about her vision for building online offerings that uphold the go slow ethos, but allow people who are aligned with how she thinks about Pilates and movement uh, to jump into her world from, you know, the other side of the country or overseas. So that was really cool as well. If you're any kind of in any kind of coaching or personal training or movement or Pilates yoga type of market or business and you're trying to you know maybe build your business or go out on your own or create your unique way of looking at things and your unique sort of stand that you want to take in your culture and in your industry. This is a really cool episode and really just goes to show how powerful it can be when you can not necessarily do the opposite, but when you can really tune into the way that you see the world and what's right in your heart and how you want to serve people, and then just sticking to your guns and being able to um, stay true to that and basically hold your position, you know, even though it might be different to what other people are doing. So let's jump into the episode. Thanks for listening. You're here with John Marsh. This is the Creator Club Podcast, and today I'm talking with Jess Romano from Go Slow Studio, Pilates and Mobility over in Perth, Western Australia.
1: So I got into Pilates with a friend, so probably 10 years ago, and she's like, oh, we're going to try this thing. It's called Pilates. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Give it a crack because that's, you know, my my whole thing is just give something a crack. So I did. And I really liked it, so I think um, in retrospect, Pilates was worked really well for my body. So I'm—I have a hypermobility syndrome. That's, um, it's, you know, it's a systemic thing, and it's not widely talked about. And it makes it can make it really hard to find a, a like a sport or a type of exercise that you don't get hurt from. And I suppose it's like you know I. would Early twenties, you're not really thinking about anything like that, anyway, and you just want to do as much as possible. And Pilates brought like brought me back down to earth a bit more, so it felt good, and I started to feel pretty strong. Um, I ended up becoming a teacher, and I for went my career in venue management at the time. So I have a music background and ended up managing venues because I needed. To not be in poverty anymore. So (laughs) that's where that went. Um, And then ended up with a full-time job at a big studio in Perth teaching Pilates, which was fabulous. And I met excellent people through there. Um, I also had the chance to travel overseas teaching at conferences for nearly two years. And that was with a one of the teachers from America who was traveling at the time. And I went with her to teach and assist. So that was a really um, eye-opening experience as well. Um, came back to Perth and a year later we were in lockdown. Oh wow. And that's, yeah, so that's really how that went. Um, so how,
0: how long was that, te- how long were you teaching prior to the States trip? Six years,
1: six I years, think. Yeah. yeah, about that, about six years.
0: Yeah. And, I'm interested. Was there a big difference between the culture you saw in the states and Perth?
1: Oh yeah, big one. Um, I was. I knew a lot of people already just through social media from the states, and I was super lucky to meet a lot of them. Um, what was extremely overwhelming to me as someone who's very Type B was the like the forcefulness of how things go in America um so the you know like the constant talking and like oh i know you from social media and i'm just like oh i I really don't know you and that that type of thing that would happen
0: over and over enthusiastic yeah
1: Yeah. very enthusiastic and i that's the that's what happens over there and that's what that's what it's like and i'm glad i had that experience because i'm totally prepared for next time um and as as someone who doesn't have that like really extremely outgoing energy Um, that was a, that was a good learning curve, but you know what, I made really good friends out of that trip and who are still, I'm still friends with to this day.
0: Yeah, cool. And, uh, when did you start to think that you might open a studio during your time teaching? Because, you know, not everyone's going to eventually own their own space or their own business. What was that sort of inception for you of that idea?
1: And this is a funny one. So I swore on my life I would never open a studio, and I did. So um, so, um that's like a that was like a life fail that was actually not a fail in the end, yeah. which is really funny. Um, I feel I I like to tell people I was peer pressured into it by um a, a bunch of people, but I think in it felt like the right thing to do at the time. Um, and that by that, I mean that the, the energy surrounding the world at the time and how I was feeling was very overwhelming. So in that fast-paced um, environment that we all live in, um, figuring out how to pull that back and the only way I could see myself doing that was to do it on my own. And now we're in a in a studio that I have <laughs> instead of not have, um, with a fairly chilled vibe.
0: Mm. And and I want to dive into this because on your website it's the name of your space, which is Go Slow Studio, and there's this sort of. Uh, not not relaxed but it's it's that slower sort of vibe it's a little bit mellower kind of like you know the opposite of what you were speaking about to your experience in the states Mm -hmm. and you know like we've been in the fitness business for a long time and seen a lot of trends and it's not easy to you know when when the the river's flowing one way to sort of stand there and go no, I'm gonna walk like across the stream or whatever or against the stream yeah and do something different you know and, and do that sort of slow vibe that you did could you talk about um that more and then obviously we might even go into what that is what that slow word stands for and what your studio stands for but how did you first make that decision and have the strength i guess or courage to sort of like yeah i'm going to take a stand on this
1: in a in a really metaphorical way it's like you're if kind of how you said walking against the stream it's like the stream's trying to put this fire out that won't die and i'm the fire <laughs> um so the the got the go slow approach is in essence it's very self-explanatory so the to, to go slow is to not go fast or to not rush in a sense so if we think about um, this is it's it's more a philosophical concept, I suppose, than an actual practical application. Um, because our world is so fast, we have fast food, fast fashion, fast tracked programming, twelve minute bikini body things, um, and it's built into our DNA. We have information constantly, and what that does is it makes people tired. And overwhelmed and not able to be present in their life I think. So what, um, what I realised was there's no place to be present. So from going to from a big studio uh, setting where there was tons of people coming in and out of class that I didn't know and constant changes in programming and the way the studio ran um, that I started to feel like I was backtracking because I wasn't able to hold a space for people who weren't able to be that fast in their life and I, I actually didn't like the fact that I didn't know the people I was teaching sometimes personally so I Literally flipped it on its head and went, how could I make something that's as simple as possible for a community of people who don't want to rush or maybe need to learn how to do less in their life? Um, while also getting also training. So that was always a like a, a big part of um, owning a Pilates and mobility studio is people still want to train and they still want to work their body, mm-hmm. but not every approach fits every individual. So I had to, I've figured out a way to make people feel like they're still training at a pace that works for them. Um, and I think in that, like the pace it's more like a learning pace so if you don't understand something that you're doing how are you going to do it Um, and that's the same when your body is trying to do all these big movements and isn't able to do it and it can get really frustrating so in a myself and, and my teachers are all really similar in our approach where we don't um we don't make people do things unless they feel like they're ready Always silently get them ready without them realising so that once this real scary movement or exercise is done, it's done. And they can tick that off their list. Um, but if I swing back into the, the concept, um, the intention I had was to be honest with people about the fact that there's no magic pill solution. So there's no quick fix to... A lot of the things we have, um, particularly surrounding health, um, so the only way I thought I could manage this was to really hone in on consistent practice over mm-hmm. volume. So, how do we take a practice and make it long term rather than hard and fast? And I'm pretty I'm upfront about that straight away with people. So I tell them that we do expect some kind of um, commitment for a long time Mm. and the people that stay are the people who are ready for that and the people who don't maybe are not ready for that to hear that yet and that's more what I think of than like oh I failed to recruit that person Mm. it's just they're not ready for that truth yet
0: but they they might come back yeah different vision at this time totally where they
1: are yeah
0: um one concept that i first started to see when we owned a gym and i've seen it a lot in small business as well is that there's a mentality of um that exists of like chasing and often you'll hear it and Mm. people might not be aware when they talk about it and you'll say you walk into the gym and you'll be like how's it going and they'll be like well, I'm chasing the muscle up or I'm chasing this this thing. And it's like when they're getting close to the thing that they want, they're kind of happier. And then when, but if they miss it, like it's an Olympic lifting and they're not getting close or they fail the lift or whatever, then it's like, because they're chasing it, they're it's sort of like super frustrating. And I remember dealing with this when we had the gym because when you get the chases in and it was this like, go, 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 Mm -hmm. when they inevitably couldn't hit it because of life's whatever was going on and stress and the just the Mm -hmm. time that it takes you had this whole um not conversation but there was a, a a way of being that you had to sort of navigate it around and it sounds like what you've done is you've kind of gone right to the root of that at the very beginning and been like look this is the place where we're not we're not here to chase like we're here to to just enjoy the process and kind of be in there for the long haul yeah um does that make it lots easier in the culture or do you still have clients sometimes where they're not getting the results as quick as they thought and you still have to come back to like you know re-enrolling in that vision
1: i think i'm like really cheeky like that because people know that they're like that and I call them out on it constantly. <laughs> so, like, if I've got um, there's one of my one of my favorite people in particular, she's she's a chaser for sure. And um, and she gets frustrated at herself. And I hit the nail on the head straight away, and I'm like, you're just doing your thing, you type A thing. And she's like, Oh, I totally am. Like, I know, I know I've got a slot, slot, calm down a little bit. And if I walk away for five minutes and she's centered and calm inevitably the thing that she's chasing happens just without the frustration because no one else that how how we train at our studio is we don't all do the same thing in one class everything everyone's working on their own thing um which makes it a lot easier for uh concentration particularly for them because they're not looking at anyone else going like oh i want to do that and you know what, if they are, it's um, someone's. It's usually someone who's been working on something that they've seen for a long time and they finally hit the thing and it, the other four people in the class are just like, like cheering for them because they've seen this happen and then like, oh, yeah, I want to do that eventually. But then because we're not pushing them to do that, the eventually is somewhere in the distance. They're not worried about doing it straight away. So I think how we set that up um, as a class works really well for um, like muting the, the chase type energy. You're just here. And if you don't hit it on the day, it's fine as well. And they see they see the teachers not hit their best on the day as well because we do our own training and some days we get our handstand and some days we really don't.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I think that's good for them to see as well
0: so one of the things that is often really fun to do in small businesses and exercise is to look in your look at your market or your niche or you know in inverted commas competitors like other other gyms other businesses other coaches whatever area you're in and write down everything that you see people doing and then systematically go through the list of say five to ten things and ask the question, what if I did exactly the opposite? And it works really well. Like if yeah. you see someone, let's say uh, everyone's going on Instagram, you go, well, mm-hmm. well I'm going to go on a podcast and I'm going to spend a year creating a really cool podcast or mm-hmm. whatever. And what you what you uh, explained is that, but from the f- philosophical side, like you didn't do it for... Um, the marketing reasons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I, I want I'd love you to talk about the effect that you've seen because from what I understand like your growth was pretty much organic and people mm-hmm. have kind of gravitated towards you could you talk about how you found this now a year or so down the track like having zagged and done what basically was the opposite to a lot of your industry
1: yeah so oh. I think the like the gap, zag that you call it is um, it, we're st- we're still in it definitely, and people find us. So I I I tell people we're the best Pilates you've never heard of because <laughs> like I'm so loose on my marketing, like, um, and I haven't actually done anything besides social media since we opened, and it, we we literally run on a a like a referral word of mouth basis um and if I it's it's a real funny thing because people walk into the studio and they're like oh like where are the reformers and because we don't work on you know you 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 think if you if you visualize a Pilates studio you, you visualize 12 white reformers in this really pretty thing with got garden, garden everywhere and that that type of thing. And you walk into our studio and there's this like stuff everywhere. Um and it's we we've, we've actually we use the classical type equipment which feels completely different to mm. the white reformers anyway. So it's already stronger and harder to use. Plus it's like a million different colors in here. So it looks like a playground literally there's just stuff and the like you can see people's faces just like go like whoa there's all this what like this this whole thing about Pilates that I never knew about and like how do I gravitate around the room and when when can I go on this chair and when can I go on this barrel and these reformers and hang from the rafters um so that like that that approach that zag approach comes in as well because not only are do we promote the the concept of not trying to rush your work, but there's also limitless opportunity to to move yourself in so many different ways that may not be um, as, as obvious about Pilates as what people think of as well in that sense. So I guess that's another little niche we've hit as well is that people have this massively wide range of movement variation as opposed to just one type of leveled class mm. so that's another spot that we've hit
0: and you've noticed like this has worked you would say this has worked obviously for you i mean you've got oh yeah definitely yeah like so so people are people are. it's a talking point it's something that draws more people to you yeah yeah
1: so i suppose that in a, in a in a very interesting, um, like, turn to, uh, away from going slow is even though, yes, we heavily promote that, um, like, an individual autonomy-paced environment, the growth of people is exponential. So it never ends. And w- because we don't, we work in an individual way, what you see is people progress so much quicker than what I would see in a, like, a structured group class mm. because we can make it work for them as opposed to trying to work out a system for a bigger class. Mm. So they've got much more stuff to choose from to get them where they they need to go. So that's actually the, the growth of people is not slow. That's very quick, mm. but they don't realize that and you know what what is really nice for us is we see the journey of that and they they hit their markers very quickly Hmm. but we also hold space for them to come back down again
0: yeah and you mentioned that there's an individual focus Mm -hmm. one of the challenges that businesses might have or the choices is like you know in lots of different industries is like well I want to go group I want to go one to -many Mm -hmm. many model because I can fit more people and it's scalable and these kinds of things which is true and i know mm-hmm. there's an element yeah, of like multiple people in the room with you guys at once but yeah the other thing that happens is from what you're saying this kind of limitless playground mm. um feels like it's really going to increase the we would call it like life cycle of the client but the mm-hmm. amount of time someone's going to be on the slow journey do you find that you've got people because of that attention, because of those possibilities, like working with you for longer?
1: I think so, because the the initial thing uh, that people think we are is actually a clinical Pilates practice. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the first thing I think, because we can individualize it. So we're, it's an assumption that we sit in the physio realm and I'm, I'm very hard on that we don't because well, I'm not a physiotherapist, so I leave I leave the the um, the health practitioner stuff to the health practitioners. Um, so the the individual approach is really good for people who don't know what to do next, um, and they've tried a whole bunch of stuff and they've been referred to a movement practice that we can provide. For them, and I think that even though they everyone works on an individual program within a group class, but by osmosis they see other people doing stuff, and they they see other people having a hard time, and us helping them have a hard time, Hmm. um, or through their hard time. That's way better to put it that way. (laughs) Um, So it's it's also inspiring for other people in the class to see their their friends start to achieve stuff on their own as well. So you've got a new person coming in who might have a chronic illness. And then they see another person who's training with a chronic illness and go like, oh, okay, like there's there's places for me to go. And there's, I don't have to try and be like this perfect specimen of health. I can just take my time and the the journey goes as the journey goes. Mm.
0: I love Does that answer I, the question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just think it's so important too. like, it's so easy to, when you're going into business, whether you're, you know, in personal training or Pilates or movement or any of these realms to get caught into this um, almost like pyramid scheme where you've got to get faster and stronger and better mm. than everyone around you and then offer a faster and stronger service in order to mm-hmm. be successful, and I just love that. Not only have you gone that, we we actually like as a teacher, as a probably you may have noticed it as a customer, but or a client of another studio. But I've seen this problem that exists, which is there's no real space to slow down. I'm going to address mm-hmm. that problem, and not only that, I'm going to like double down into it and build a whole world, and I'm going to. Yeah, make it like actually that's what it's about. Yeah, um, and I just think so many people could learn. It's so refreshing to see because it's like a big weight can get lifted off of the business owners' shoulders who started starting out and go, look, there's another way. If you don't want to go, just like the gym down the road, you can you yeah. can go a different direction completely.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, okay, I would love to talk about the you cuz you guys are growing as a business and mm-hmm. I know that you've enrolled the team in that process as well and I'd love mm-hmm. to just hear anything you wanted to share on how you found i guess bringing a team into your vision um leading a team working alongside a team hiring how you found that whole process and mm-hmm. what that looks like
1: um i guess with my my team and I are really good friends. So the the I I wasn't when I was when I was putting my ideal um, you know team of teachers together. And I do call them teachers because they are. Um, we don't call ourselves instructors because we're actually not instructing people. We're teaching them how to do stuff. Um, so when I put my team of teachers together the first thing that had to fit was the their vision or outlook and personality type so one we all had to get along and two we had to have the same health outlook or thereabouts and i also went into my team with the view that no one was the same i didn't want anyone to be me mm. because it's really easy in a bigger studio to try and be someone else and what that does is it confuses the clientele and I've been on that end many many times of one teacher tells you this is the way the other teacher tells you that this is the way and you don't know what weighs up and what weighs down so the as long as we're on the same page about what Pilates looks like um they were free to to teach like they wanted to. Um, and the good thing about that is we're able to be super honest with each other about what worked, what doesn't work, what I expect, what they expect. And there's it's, our studio is very transparent to everyone. Like if the clients know the ins and outs of everything, I suppose, so they know when things are, you know, events might be coming up, if there's a teacher change what our outlook is on, we're like, person, it's COVID crisis, I suppose, right now, like, what's going to happen? And there's no holding back from that because I want them to feel like they're part of us. So that's how the team feels as well. Um, and the the difficulty at the beginning was we weren't teaching group class as we knew it, so we had to start really small with our group classes um, because the easy thing to have done was to go like, yeah, we'll just have a group map class, group reformer class, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, no, I'm standing, I'm putting my foot down to this and we're going to do this, um, this individual individualised class. So we all started with only three people per class so that we got used to working with three individuals. Then we added four. Then we added five, and now we sit around five, six people just for, we feel like that's a better limit. Um, and it, it also gave my staff time to figure out how they wanted to teach the, this work we're teaching, what made sense to them, maybe what they needed to ask me, um, and, you know, how does this work on a person? And I'm not like, I'm hard, not a you need to teach like me person. So an example of that would be um, if I'm teaching Susan who's seen someone else and Susan's like, oh, this person told me to do it like this. I'm just like, yep, yeah, fine, teach, do it like that if that makes sense to you. Um, because what I wanted the, the community to get out of us as teachers is that we are interchangeable. Their program is not So they can take their program with them to every class and get a different perspective on what they're doing from their teachers and be open to that. And what that's done to us is it's made us realise how each other teaches or what's been done in another class so that we can be like, okay, like we're going to follow on from this so that it's not confusing to everyone. And I think that's a really big reason why our community Grows exponentially in their, um, their their physical ability or their practice ability because we're not telling them that there's a rule, and they're open to hearing different perspectives, which means that they can take what they take. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other cool thing about all of my staff is I've trained all of them previously, so I know them really well, and I I I I really think that if you're going to be working in a studio, you need to take class with that studio. Because I do still get like, hey, do you need a mat work teacher? And I'm like, have you ever been to the studio to see how it operates and realise that there's 0.0 mat classes? So I think that's kind of a funny thing. So that's just a a really good piece of advice is if you want to work for a Mm -hmm. studio, go there and do class and be, be with the people at the studio because in in places like mine, it's such a small community that everyone knows who you are before mm. you even start teaching. And that was the case for some of my teachers is all of a sudden they went from um, like inverted commas client to teacher and mm. the the community of people here were like, oh, cool, we've got a new person who's helping us out and it made them really excited and you know, and having some of the, um, the student teachers in with us, you know, they, they chat to them all the time. And it's just, it's a really cool, um, uh, li- like, place to, to learn and therefore transition into a teacher from a client, which is a really nice process. Mm. Um, so I suppose in, in terms of hiring staff, I don't really hire them per se. I want to know them because I want to know that they're going to fit with us and be open to hearing all of our perspectives rather than just mine. Mm. Because I'm, I'm hardcore, not like the dictator type, um, uh, like boss at all. I really like the input from other people.
0: So they're coming in already basically already invested emotionally, Mm -hmm. energetically the vision. And so they trust you you trust them because they've hung around and now it's a matter of like skill sets and teaching and kind of like, okay, this is how we're going to run the classes and run the business.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Very cool. You mentioned, I just wanted to pick up quickly that you went from three people per class Mm -hmm. to four to five. Mm -hmm. How long did it take with, between when you were like, okay, we're all going to just teach three when you started to five or six? How long was that period?
1: It took me only a couple of months probably uh, to feel comfortable with taking five. And I actually based that on the ability of people in the class. So if I had a class full of people who understood what they were doing then i'm like yep well, we can add another person into this because they all know how to their program to the, the thereabouts they know how to use a reformer or a chair so that was enough for me to start adding people and then i spoke to each of my staff about adding people into their classes when they felt comfortable so if they're like yep my lot that I teach know what they're doing let's add another person let's add another person so we grew it we did it based on how people in the class were progressing mm. i guess mm. and now it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't affect we can we can teach five or six easily now because four out of five people are really confident with what they're doing so introducing new people into the mix is very simple because more, more often than not, we'll be spending a bit more time with the new person and just eyes on everyone else. But we also like to let the new people have their space and just try stuff mm. on their own
0: as well. And your online, if somebody dials in yeah. from online, that counts as a person in the room.
1: does. So if yeah. there's one person online, there'll be four people in the studio. Yeah. If there's five people in the studio, there's no people online. So that's yeah. they they count as a
0: person yeah yeah i just think it's important to zoom in on usually somebody starting out especially in say a brick and mortar business where you've got Mm -hmm. lease is like okay what do i need to cover my outgoings Mm -hmm. then how quickly can i get the classes full or how quickly can i get the membership to a certain level Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not everyone but quite often the focus is on class size being big equals success. Mm-hmm. And I've seen multiple businesses with very small classes, often spatial limitations, where from a revenue perspective, profit perspective, quality perspective, marketing perspective, ease of business out, far outperform mm. just the the concept of like mass. Yeah, but The reason I wanted to dial in on it is because it's like, by by focusing on better or the experience of your the the people taking the classes Mm -hmm. it's actually in a short space of time you know you basically filled up um whereas somebody who's just chasing more from the beginning because that quality might be lacking Mm -hmm. might find themselves behind struggling trying to fill the classes right it's Mm -hmm. sort of a counterintuitive thing but it also takes courage to do what you did and and not just try to fill it up as fast as possible
1: yeah yeah um that's hard to do because you see everyone else going more harder better faster stronger um and you do i do have thoughts okay not anymore i did it first of like maybe i should be doing that um, but again i just went you know what if you sit back and look at what we've got in the long term that's going to be better for us mm. because again we we're, we're after the people who are committing to their health so in a i suppose in a in a way the smaller Slower process. This is what I mean. Like it's like the name of the studio is everything to mm. to us. The slower process actually brings up our volume because people are more likely to stay with us for longer exactly. and perhaps exactly. do more classes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and you know what? We're we're also very open to cross training. We're not the people who are like, you can only do Pilates forever and that's it. We're just like, no, no, no. go out and do, go do your adventure hike, and you know crossfit and swimming and everything as well so i think that's really refreshing to people as well because we don't tell them not to do anything so they end up coming more
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly the, the non-neediness <laughs> plays out once again mm-hmm. um okay cool so could you just sort of to wrap up maybe yeah talk about your i know you your your vision's sort of expanding and there's different possibilities on the future is there anything yeah. and i don't know how much of that's under wraps or how much you can share um I whether share it's teacher it. training or anything else yeah. that you're doing or interested in that exists in your sort of world
1: um yeah so we already we run um tmr academy teacher training in perth so that's a melbourne based uh training program with a very good friend of mine nicholas and again, it's like a, a slow burner of a of a training program that's very well done by him, and I facilitated in Perth, um, and that's in it also growing slowly. And I think, and we're a really good fit for each other because he's very pro, like very good energy and a good doer, whereas I'm a good big picture, take a step back, like. You don't have to go gung-ho all the time. So we actually balance each other out really well. So this is this is a, a, a big in-process um, goal we have is to offer really good classical Pilates teacher training for the 21st century human being, which looks very different to the 1940s mm. human being. So it is different to your standard, um, I suppose, like contemporary-based Pilates programs that are a lot more on the like the physio side of things. where we're literally about the work of Pilates, I suppose. Yeah. So we've got that in the process. And we're also uh working on a an online programming uh program that doesn't have a name yet. I'm still thinking about that, but that's going to look like a set of like a month-long programming um program. There's a lot of that word in there. <laughs> um, for for people that may not be in Perth or may have other things that they're doing in their life that need to that that want something um, simple and short to do uh, between their um you know whatever they're doing in their life. So that could look like someone who's returning to exercise and may need to simplify a lot before they get back into um life um that could look like uh, uh, you know athletes who are at their wits end with um what their prehab or rehab might need to look like for them um so that's just two ends of the spectrum and then everyone in between so the goal is to offer a um a a, suppose a monthly program of uh one-to-one work with one of the teachers plus their um, their month of programming for them, so it's gonna be, it is it is it will be for people who can work on their own for yeah. about fifteen minutes, two or three times a week. Mm.
0: So that would be sort of my way if I'm in Newcastle mm-hmm. and I like the vibe of the idea of the slow world, either yeah, for my main way of sort of training or moving, or because. My other thing might be sport or something that's quite hardcore and I want to balance that out. I would get that through, I could get an individualized program to you guys and then get the support each month from working teachers.
1: Because we still want to make it individual for people. Mm. And again, that's, that's something that we've found that's lacking in, say, if you just sign up to a mobility program because it's still for the masses and it may not take into account exactly what you need at that time. Mm -hmm. so that's and we also like we do want people to feel like they're interacting with a human rather than a robot so that's something we do want to offer uh always going forward as
0: much as we can yeah i agree i think that's super important yeah um okay well i love your work is there anything else that you want to share while you're on i mean we'll put your links and all that sort of stuff into the show notes but is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't cover that you think is important
1: i think we've done a pretty good job (laughs) um um, you know at the end of the day i think it's be okay with doing less sometimes a lot of the time because it does it will help you out in the long run and Mm -hmm. In in my opinion, consistently, it's consistency trumps volume. So if you're um, if you're pumping out a whole lot of stuff, especially health wise, there's inevitably going to be a time where that stops. And I see a lot of that period people going through that that time where they've crashed and burned and need to start again. Um, and I can talk from experience as well. I've definitely crashed and burned and then have to start a start my health journey all over again and we're trying to catch people before they get there so that they can continue doing life for as long as possible and yeah. every person's story is different
0: yeah um any final tips if somebody's listening as a pilates teacher i think you know it could be anything like if you're especially in the physical Mm -hmm. realm. Like I certainly think that a lot of what you shared would resonate. Having been a personal trainer myself in someone else's studio coming up, you know, going back 12, 13 years or so, a lot of what you've shared would have been super valuable to think about. But is there anything else that you would add um, for someone looking at Either going into business or they've got it going, but they're mm-hmm. just sort of stuck and they're following sort of the pack and uh, wondering what next and how to find their own sort of path.
1: I think it's practically hard to find your niche unless you live it, um, and I do live my niche, so that was it's that's not a hard thing for me to to look for. But if I think there's a lot of sometimes. Um, pressure to find your thing and you might not need to but my advice is to go simple as simplify as much as possible you don't need to be offering everything and I do that in life as well and I fail at going simple all the time and constantly feel like I'm doing too much but if it looks if if you if you can see your approach laid out really clearly then it's going to be so much easier for you in the long run because it's nothing's going to overwhelm you at that point in time. Um, and I think you know, finding your niche will come and it might just click overnight. So the take that stress off yourself mm. and let yeah. it let 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 it just flow, I guess. That's that's a really loose one. <laughs> Like, really loose advice, but um,
0: (laughs) it's not going to come from a, from a, um, it's not going to come from forcing it.
1: Definitely not. And I'm not that personality. Um, I don't, I'm not a type, I'm hardcore not a type A. I have people that type A for me here, which is great. And I think that's like, I attract those people. (laughs) Really funny that I do. Um, And there is, there is a way to do things that's not rushed or fast and you can totally take your time but you have to be okay with that as well because it will take you longer than visually than someone else Mm. maybe not internally but to people watching from the outside it may look like you're not doing anything but to you you're you're doing the right thing Mm.
0: there's the um the simplicity the coco chanel quote yeah (laughs) Yeah, simplicity um, is the keynote of all true elegance I think it is
1: that's a good one
0: that's very yeah. good when you said that because I, I I agree we'll talk more on this later but I, I think you have hit the nail on the head very good Yeah. Um, okay well thank you Jess that was amazing and if you're listening jump over to have a look at the website because it's very cool goslowstudio.com.au and I'll put the links into the show notes as well And you can scroll down and see, I'm just watching now. You can look at the space and find out about the, I think, I mean, I've never been in the space, Jess, but it feels like I get a pretty good sense of the vibe and um, what you guys do, which is really cool. And you can even sign up to the email newsletter. Yeah.
1: You can also do class with us. We do have people. Yeah. We have people from, um, New South Wales who do, do class with us.
0: Yep. You don't, do you Which need to do cool. any sort of th- assessment thing first?
1: Yeah, we do. They have, they do online. the same thing as everyone else, just online. Cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much and we'll have to do this again soon. Really awesome. Thanks John. And that's it for this episode of the Creator club podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you got some value out of that conversation with Jess, make sure to go check out her Uh, accounts on instagram check out the goso studio website and see what she's up to and feel free to forward the episode along to a friend who you think might get some value out of it all right thanks again we'll see you on the next episode